Hi, this is Gail. This is Michelle. And welcome to Friday I'm Love, Monday I Post Podcasts. Hi. Hi. Um, this week we are talking about busing because busing came up in the, pres- the Democratic presidential debates um, that was about 10 days ago. Uh, we didn't actually see them. Because we have rehearsal because everything's about Shakespeare right now. Mm-hmm. Because it's summer. That's uh-huh. what we do. Um, but apparently during the debates, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris kind of got into it about busing. And I've always wanted to talk about busing, and so now we're going to. Yeah, because Gail grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and that was actually... Was it a segregated part of the South? Or it's not. I mean, it Kentucky's was, always a border. It's a border well, state. Yeah, Kentucky's a border state. Um, yeah. I will just go into the whole history of it right now. Okay. Okay, so, um, 1974, there was a uh, Supreme Court, Court decision that Jeff, uh, Louisville schools were too segregated. Um, basically, nearly all of the black students were in what was the, then the Louisville City School District, and nearly all the white students were in the surrounding Jefferson County School District. So, the two districts were merged, and um, forced busing for desegregation was put into place. Does your mom teach in the city or the county? Uh, she actually started in the county, and then she, uh, when the two districts were merged, she went to a city school. Oh, so... So, yeah, she had been teaching at um, a school in the suburbs. And then in 75, she started teaching at a downtown school. So your mom kind of got bust too? She did. <laughs> yeah, definitely she did. Um, Voluntarily, though, right? No. No? Well, I oh. mean, the, it was either go there or quit. That was, huh? Yeah, not. There was. It wasn't. There wasn't voluntary. They just shifted the teachers. Part. Yeah, as actually. Well, as students. well okay. It's, it's really complicated. The school she was out was at in seventy four in the uh, April third twenty years of seventy four. She, that school was destroyed. So I don't remember what happened between then and. September of 1975 when she started teaching at Lincoln Elementary School huh. in downtown Louisville. Um, I mean, suppose, I guess she went wherever the Audubon kids went. But, yeah, that school didn't exist anymore. Huh. So. Yeah, there was a lot going on in schools in the 70s in Louisville. Anyway, um, so... When I was in third grade, um, the school districts were merged and busing began. Um, what happened was, basically, white kids who lived in the suburbs had to be bused to downtown schools for two years, and black kids who lived in the, the downtown area had to be bused to the suburbs for up to ten years, hmm. which is... I mean, that, that puts so much burden on the black kids. I don't know how that was decided. What do you mean decided. it puts burden? Well, okay. 
They get better schools. They get better schools, but they also have to spend like up to 45 minutes each way on a bus. I mean, it's it's a, okay. You're they spending get an, better schools. They get better schools, but they also have to spend an, like an hour, an hour or an hour and a half on a bus every day. So a better solution would have been to? Would have been to make the downtown schools better, maybe? Well, yeah, yeah but, but there was that, no quick solution There was no to quick that. solution to Hence that. Hence the busing. Hence the busing. So, why are you looking at me like that? Because you just said black kids shouldn't have been bused for the length of 10 years when busing was supposed to help them get educated. So, I don't... I understand that it's not... It's not optimal. The optimal solution, but yeah. I can't believe you said that it put a burden on them when it's an opportunity. Okay. I'm sure there are people who are in court arguing that busing put a burden on them. Well, yes, there are. So you just said that. Okay, there were... Actually, I just read about black parents who sued the school district in, like, 2006 saying that their kids spent too much time on the bus. Okay. Um, and what did the black parents think the school district should do? Um, sent them to schools that were closer to where they lived because well okay but this has been after 30 years of busing and right. so this all of the okay. there's more there's more uh, I want to say hegemony hegemony what does among, that mean? it means that it, there aren't the very low scoring schools in Louisville now. Okay. Because there's there more equality among. Right. The... We read an article a while ago that said that. I read something that said that the difference between Detroit and Louisville was that Louisville bus. And Detroit did. Detroit didn't. And... Yeah, Detroit, Detroit had the Millican decision which said that they couldn't um, merge the school districts. Right. And so. Detroit stayed segregated. Right, because it hadn't been segregated on purpose. It was just economically it, it was segregated. Just where lived. So, yeah. So it didn't count for the federal government federal to intervene. Right, and but that know, was in the north. That was for schools, cities in the north. But that was. It seems like that was for. Yeah, that was for cities in the north that hadn't been. Um, did. That hadn't been segregated on purpose. Right. Just the just the systemic racism that drove, that drove people to people to live in certain areas yeah. instead of instead of laws that said they couldn't live somewhere else or laws that said they had to go to this school right. where so all the kids were black. De facto and de jure segregation. Right. And desegregation de facto. Mm-hmm. by the fact that it's happening and de jour by law. Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. Was the stuff in Louisville, because you're talking about the burden on the, the black students being bused and mm-hmm. stuff, um, was it supposed to be a temporary Band-Aid while they fixed the school districts, mm-hmm. or was it... It seems like it was supposed to be What permanent. was the intent, do you know? The, the intent was to um, desegregate. Right. To get... To make it so that, oh, they actually there are numbers. They wanted to make it closer. They wanted to make each school 
closer to the racial balance that was seen in the entire district, which was like uh. 50% white, 30% black, and 20% other. Right. Around that. Those aren't the exact numbers. But yeah, because right around Louisville continued to do that even when they weren't required to by law just to right. keep that going. So right. Louisville is like an outlier for that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because they have, they ruled in, I think it was 92, that they didn't have to bus for the segregation purposes anymore, but they did continue the same system Huh. for the most part. I mean, by then, they it had been through a couple of different iterations by then and wasn't the one that I grew up with. Uh-huh. Because what I grew up with was, for me personally, um, I was a white kid living in the suburbs. So I, along with every other white kid in the suburbs whose last name started with D, E, W, or Z, was bused in fifth grade and 10th grade to a downtown school. So fourth grade, I was at- Oh, so the two years weren't consecutive. No. Well, they were, um, if your last name began with A, B, F, or Q, you were bused for 11th and 12th grade. So that nobody had to graduate from a school that they'd only been to for one year. Huh. Um, So, yeah. So with the black kids, how did it work for them? Um, they were, they were bust up to ten years. I've, I mean, I'm. Well, not but I mean, enti- if you say certain. up to up to ten years, an individual student, but you don't know. I don't know. It was the same deal. It was the same. Um, it, it was by their last name. I know that the black kids who lived downtown, whose last name began with the C, stayed, were could attend their local school for all of high school. Because when I went to Central, uh-huh. the uh, I was friends with black uh, black kids whose last name began with C, and that's how I know that. They were at Central all of high school. They were the lucky ones who got to stay in their neighborhood school for all of high school. Right, because... The busing was building the diversity around them. Right. But just the kids whose names started with C got the same. That's the only one I remember. Okay. (laughs) No, it was C and L. Okay. I think. Wow. Yeah. This is just like fairly randomized. It's very randomized. Well, it's. There's probably numbers behind it that you know you get these certain letters Mm -hmm. and that's a certain percentage of the people and yeah so what was fifth grade when did you know where you were going when did they decide you know well okay um each your closest school was called your home school Uh and then um each one of the schools in the suburbs was linked to a school downtown so like when I went to Coach Taylor Elementary School in fifth grade, um, I went. I was there from low elementary. And there were I think four or five ele- other suburban elementary schools that bus kids to mm-hmm. Coach Taylor. Um, for Central High School, it was the same deal. That was in tenth grade. In tenth grade, yeah. Um, and and you stayed at Central. I did. I. 
I chose to that stay. That was an option. It was an option. Yeah, actually, there were some people who, um, if they knew they were going to be bused there for eleventh and twelfth grade, they just voluntarily went there for ninth and tenth also. Huh. Or like, there were I I remember there were some kids who like they were a family. They knew that the like the older brother was going into eleventh grade, so the younger sister who was going into ninth grade would also go to Central, and she would stay there all four years. So in elementary school, could you have stayed in sixth grade in the same school? No, because that's that was the break. That's when I went to middle school. Oh, okay. Elementary school was one through five. Middle was six through eight. Okay. High school was nine through it twelve. Was different where I grew up. Yeah. They changed it after I left, but we did kindergarten through sixth grade, and then seventh and eighth grade, and then ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. I don't think we had public kindergarten when I was there. I don't know. I went to a Catholic school in North Jersey. Yeah, for I kindergarten. So kindergarten, and then we moved. Yeah. So, okay, so, so middle school, you didn't get bused? And... No, other kids did. I didn't. Um, so, yeah, I was bused in fifth grade, and then I was bused in tenth grade, and I decided in tenth grade that I wanted to continue on at Central and not go back to Eastern High School, which was where I had gone for ninth grade. How, what did your parents think? Well, we were going through an incredibly complicated life at that time. My, I believe that when I was actually making that decision, my mother was in the midst of a three-week stay at the hospital oh. when she'd almost died from asthma. Oh, that all and happened at the same time. That all happened at the same time, and the business was shutting down, and... Um, my grandparents were living with us, and my father was not well, and so yeah, there was a lot. Well, of well, the, how did they react when to the whole busing situation? Um, when it first happened, there was a lot of talk about um, if they could send me to private school, how long my mother would be working at a city school before she quit. Um, I, I remember my dad saying that she should just use up all of her sick time and personal time and everything and then quit. What did your mom say? My mom, I don't know what she said, but she didn't do that. Um, she was very committed to teaching and she... Because it took, I mean, she, how long did she teach for? She taught for 35 years, I yeah. think. Um she yeah she she was an elementary school teacher she taught at some point she taught every grade in elementary school and she was very committed to um lincoln elementary school actually uh, which was the downtown school she was at um she got to i mean she saw entire families go through her school um both the kids who lived in that neighborhood and the kids who were bused to Lincoln mm-hmm. um, and they all seemed to love her and she loved them and it was a good situation for her. Cool. Yeah. 
How was the your elementary school situation for you? Um, it was. It was a huge change because I went from fourth grade at a well at a suburban school that opened when I was in second grade. So it was a practically a brand new school. Had huge, like we had a football field behind the school. <laughs> we had a baseball field. We had. Um, we didn't have a pool, but we had a gym, we had cafeteria and auditorium, we had music rooms and art rooms and a huge library. I was in the advanced program. We had our own area of the school. Um, we had, there was like, uh, seating area outside our classroom where we were it was a, it was very 70s but so top of line top elementary of, school very top thinking. of line elementary school um design I, yeah did you have like very. sliding walls between classrooms and stuff like that because the other our elementary school did yeah the other side of the school had that the open classroom plans uh-huh. um because that was a big innovation in yeah that, that, was, that was huge yeah so yeah, I went from that nearly brand new school, um, with that was completely surrounded by suburban suburban houses and greenery and all that, to in fifth grade, I would get on the I would get on one bus to go to low elementary school in the suburbs, and then they would pick up all the kids who were being bused at that school and take us to Coach Taylor, which was um, downtown, downtown York, no, downtown Louisville. <laughs> um, it was, uh, it wasn't very far from the Ohio River. Um, it was completely surrounded by housing projects. Um, there was absolutely, there was maybe like, 10 feet of grass in front of the school, none at all behind it. It was completely asphalt, mm-hmm. um, basketball courts, mm-hmm. um, the s- squares where you could play four square. Four square, yeah. thing. Um, I remember on rainy days during uh, recess, we would go, there, were, there was like an, a loading deck kind of area I think where we would play um there was no dedicated music room or art room there was there wa- music classes there was a band class huh. um I don't remember any singing classes there was a band class um there was like everybody in the school who had started to play an instrument in generally in fourth grade in another school. So it was, it was fifth graders. Right. And there were like eight or ten of us. And it was the same. Because you were band. getting private lessons, right? Or Not no. at that point. But I had started taking, I had started in the band in fourth grade at Lowe, where actually we had like probably, it was a, it was like a 30 hmm band and that was probably just fourth graders how big was the school uh size wise or class number of people number of people 
I remember it was a really small class, but it was AP. It was probably like 20 kids in my class. What were the but other classes? Probably, probably the other classes were about the same. And it, Coach Taylor, my classroom was on the second floor and that had the open plan, but it didn't have the sliding walls mm-hmm. that went in to that. So it was just a big open area and then... That was a Coach Taylor? Yeah. Okay. This was the downtown school. Um, there were like rolling closets mm-hmm. um, that were arranged so that the different classrooms were separated. Huh. But I mean, you could hear what was going on in the other classrooms. And, you know, fifth grade, the fifth grade AP class was, I remember this, second floor on the left, but the first classroom area on the left. And then like fourth grade was next to that. And third grade was somehow behind that. And the library was down the hall and it was maybe a third the size of the one that was at low. So your fifth grade AP class, how many of the kids in that were bust? All of them. So none of Every, them were native no, to that school district? None of them were black. No. No. I had, I remember <laughs> there, was, there so, was, I know, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it does make it sense, does make but sense. how is that effective? Well, okay, it's effective because well, it wasn't really effective, but... <laughs> But did you have when, any interactions with the kids who lived there locally? Yeah, some sometimes. I mean, like when we had when we had recess or when we had lunch, or when there were various things. I mean, when you'd have school, all school activities, we would. That's when we would see the kids from the regular classes who were much more integrated than the AP classes. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember Greg ba- Bradley was the first black kid in my class in fourth grade. And nobody from my fourth grade class was in my fifth grade class. And Greg was still around in middle school. I think he was still around in high school, too. Well, in, in Eastern. But he lived in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about high school? Was your was your high school experience more diverse? Um, yeah, to some extent, because, well, if nothing else, I was in band, and the band was very diverse. Mm. Um, so yeah, one of my good friends was Camille Cross, who was black and was second chair clarinet, and um. We and like at least half of the band, more than half of the band, was not bust. Lo- was not bust. Yeah, um, actually, there were even a couple of Hispanic kids in the band, which wasn't. I I don't remember any Hispanic kids at all in the suburbs, because they weren't bust. Mm. Um, oh, so they didn't count on either side. It was just no. They White just, kids and not Hispanic kids. Yeah. And they didn't get bussed out of the city then either. No. 
they're just ignored. Yeah, they were. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was. Oh, a- so so they also wouldn't have been written into segregation laws then right. either. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that is. That would certainly not happen nowadays with the way no. bigotry is going. No. Jeez, things have really gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one of the things, there were always lots of ways that people tried to get out of being bust. Mm-hmm. The white kids, obviously. Um, by saying, if they could prove that they had any... Um, Native American ancestry, Hispanic, Asian, Black, any hmm. at all, then if they lived in the suburbs, they wouldn't be bust. And then there were also, like, doctors would write notes for kids that they would get carsick if they rode oh, the bus, God. or that you know they they had braces so they had to be closer to the dentist because they would have appointments to go to. I remember there was one kid in when I was in fifth grade whose parents told him to start a fight on the bus every day until he was barred from the bus and then he wouldn't be bussed. So what percentage of people got out of busing? Do you have any idea? No. I would say probably maybe 30%. Wow. I can tell you, um, well, either they got out of it somehow or they went to private schools. So, were all of your classes in high school? I mean, did you all have all AP classes in high school? Mm, mostly. Um, like, the couple of non-AP classes I had, there were some kids who had not been bused in those. But I think there might have been one or two kids who were in some of my AP classes who weren't bused in. So were the AP classes instituted with the Busing, or did you divert no, teachers from that. the kids who would have been in there naturally? Did you just kind of force them out of the pool? Because <laughs> that's actually pretty hard. It is actually. I don't think so. I mean, there. It was never a matter of there weren't enough. It was never a matter of kids couldn't get in. I mean. The AP classes were never full. Okay. What well, what would those teachers have done if you weren't there? Would they have taught regular classes? In which case they might have upped the... <laughs> I mean, because if you just... If they just, if they just bust people into the city to skim off the best teachers, that's pretty fucking horrid. <laughs> I mean, I all the years so. we I talked mean... about this, you never really mentioned that your AP classes were all bust people too. <laughs> no, I guess I didn't. No, I but mean, that yeah, seems but... like a huge blind spot it on does. your spot. It does, I know. <laughs> Jeez. Because, <sighs> I mean, if you look at it, those teachers might have, even if there weren't AP students, either 
then they would have probably taught regular students, and if they were better, well, they, teachers, I mean, they weren't. There weren't enough AP classes that they only taught AP classes. There would be like there was one AP English tenth grade class, and Mr. Jarbo had five other classes. Mm-hmm. But still. I don't know. I mean, I don't... I mean, yes, probably AP classes were in some ways designed to have some place where white kids weren't with black kids, even if the school itself was was desegregated. And this is another reason why... You hate gifted classes. That's not a conversation for this. I don't hate mm-hmm. gifted classes. I think they just foster elitism when you should be learning social skills. <laughs> and for all the times you've defended it and how wonderful your AB classes are, you didn't point and how nice it was that you got bussed into a school and stayed there. You didn't say that all the other kids in your class were bust kids too. I just naively assumed okay. it was a mix. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and you did nothing to disabuse me of that I didn't notion. even think about it. Yeah, I mean, it's your design, your upbringing, the system is designed to make you not think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like the, it's not like <laughs> I mean, anyone, it's, it's not like... You, and see, you're defending it now, but the system is designed to make you not think about it. It's designed to make you not think that they perhaps diverted resources for the suburban kids that might have otherwise gone to the city kids even when they were busing them. <sighs> I mean, props to your mom for staying in the same school and teaching everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's impressive because I know toward the end of her career, she taught like reading classes and that certainly probably wasn't the... Yeah. Yeah. And she... Yeah, but I mean, the whole system is... I mean, it sounds like they built in as many protections as they could against just (laughs) throwing the white kids in the city pool. (laughs) Mm. This has gone different ways. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it has. Mm. Well, I mean, that's it's it's. The... But uh... okay, while Gail is thinking over this, I will say that I grew up in an incredibly white bread yeah, South Jersey really community. <laughs> well, my parents grew up in Newark yes. and Irvington, and we lived there initially. But there was only one black family in like a huge radius, and <laughs> they then they were in high school, and I don't remember anything. I mean, my I remember family legend has it that my mom and I stayed out in Ohio when I was mm-hmm. tiny because the North race riots were going on. Mm-hmm. But and we discussed this my dad and racism before. I mean, there was just no. I mean, that's one of the kind of benefits of growing up in a homogenous place is I had really no prejudices that I learned because there was no other (laughs) and so I walked into college and the smartest people I met were black engineering students Mm 
mm-hmm. and that was so cool minority engineering opportunity program that Northwestern had mm-hmm. and you know I, I just well I'm kind of hopelessly naive anyway but I mean it's just the best job I had in the summer was I stayed in um, at Northwestern at a frat um, one summer because my buddy John had dropped out and Rob and I were going to go out to LA and join him at the end of the summer and I was fed up with my parents <laughs> and I was staying in Chicago and I got uh, the campus had a pool of jobs and you could sign up for one and so I got to work in the tech and it's one of my favorite jobs ever I was in the mail room and it was two black guys and me and it was so cool because I just pushed a cart around and delivered mail and had random talks to people and stuff and and then I, I dragged him to the frat house to play pool with me because there was a pool table. And when I was in college, having a pool table was the greatest thing ever. And so I dragged my bosses there. And it took me a while. It took me a couple of years to figure out why there are people in the fraternity probably looked at me a bit funny because I wandered in and was dragging these two black guys who weren't students, but they mm-hmm. wanted to play pool and I had a pool table. So why not? Uh, I was very happy. I didn't get to keep that job long, which was kind of a shame because then I went to work at a dive of a diner and they didn't like me. And I really liked wandering around tech and reading envelopes and delivering them and it was walking and stuff. And But the, the they bought me a small pizza and a beer at the end and it was just a good experience. Because I only had the job while they were interviewing trying to find a third guy to fit in. Hmm. But it was it was fun and that, that was like my favorite, one of my favorite jobs ever. Just because hmm. it was walking around and randomly talking to people who you didn't have to get connected to and... You know, there was, you could file things orderly. You know, I got to file things in mailboxes. That's how I organize. I organize. I don't organize often, but when I organize, it cheers me up. So anyway, was that enough of a pause for discovering that I flipped the whatever on your child? <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Okay. Can I take a break? Yeah, now time for a break. Hang on. We'll be back. And once again, I forgot to plug in my passcode. Cheers. Hi, we're back, and Gail is frantically trying to remember if she had any ethnic minorities in her classes, and we have decided that we should probably be recording this conversation. Yeah. Because <laughs> I honestly didn't come in with a bias. I was just asking questions, and... Yeah, cause I was just trying to remember. Um, I remember when I was at suburban schools... There were black kids in my classes, but you, they lived in the suburbs. You just said your AP classes didn't have them. You said it was and worse it, in Eastern. You said it was worse at true. Eastern. You I just said, said your... I did just say that. <laughs> you just literally said that. You said there okay. were three AP classes. They were packed and there were no black students. That's what you just said two minutes ago. You, I just said I was wrong. Because now I remember that there were at least a couple of black students in those classes. But they did live in the suburbs. They weren't Boston. So they would have been at that school anyway. Because mm-hmm. their parents got them a better... Cause yeah, because <laughs> their parents got out somehow. Huh. So somehow is just... I know. Grim. It is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I mean, but I knew lots of kids who lived in that area, 
I mean, I considered them my friends. Well, that's cool. Even if they weren't in all of my classes. Well, how did you know them? Well, there was band, there was right. homeroom, there was, there were, like clubs and, like, theater and, um. There, I mean, there were just, there were just other kids who were went to my school. And that, and they were in a completely, they were not only black, they were in a completely different socioeconomic demographic than me. What? I just was listening. Because, um... I was reviewing where I was in the socioeconomic scale of things and I have no idea I never paid attention to that mm-hmm. I mean the kids on the island were rich so I guess we weren't as high yeah I mean the island kids and the Manahawkin kids the soccer team the girls soccer team mm. yeah but I I mean Central was across the, it was across the street from Coach Taylor it was surrounded by the housing projects and there were girls in my class who had children and then came back to school which is great that they could come back to school that's amazing Mm -hmm. Um, and there were and this was completely different from what it was at my first high school you were only freshmen then I was only a freshman then, but I mean that was Eastern was the one of the higher range um, areas. So why didn't you go back? Uh, because I didn't get along with the kids at Eastern. <laughs> um, actually, I had I had some bad experiences at Eastern, and now that I remember it. Um, like being, having stuff written on my locker and really, yeah, um, yeah, and um, yeah, and also big classes and teachers who were teaching the subjects for the very first time, like every. AP classes only started in at Eastern my freshman year, so they were adding AP classes for for my class, and it was it, it was just weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Well, I can't say. I, didn't like it because at the time I didn't realize you know that's just how it was mm-hmm. but then I went down to Central and there were teachers who had been teaching this level of class for years and also did really cool things like start a film club and I could do I went from 
every class had 30 kids in it to, you know, my world history class had nine kids. How many, how big were the other history classes at the school? Um, they were, all, this, all the classes at Central were really small. Really? Yeah. Even the non-AP ones? Yeah. Because there weren't that many kids there. Hmm. Because people tried to not go. Because, hmm. like, I had the option. There were some people who wanted me to try out for the performing arts high school rather than go to Central. But I went to Central. And I some exactly. people. My clarinet teacher, hmm. um, my band director at Eastern, um, my mom talked about it. But then somehow we decided that I wasn't going to be a, a, a professional performer, so I didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. But you still applied to conservatories, right? For college? No. No? Oh, I thought you did. No, I, um, Oberlin asked me to, but I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So, busing the white people perspective. <laughs> yeah, busing the white people perspective. I chose to go to Central where I had smaller classes and got to know different people and yeah, mm. got to do more things than I would have gotten to do at Eastern. I think because I like. I played softball for one <laughs> year, <laughs> which I'm sure I never would have been able to do at Eastern. They wouldn't have let me on the team. Um, so it I, was good for you. It was great for me. I, I loved being at Central. That's why I wanted to stay. Mm. Okay. So you want to talk about anything the presidential candidate said? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. So Kamala Harris was also bust. Yes. The other way. <laughs> The other one, yes. Yeah. And it worked out really, really well for her, too. That's amazing. I think it's great. I think that... I think that more... I I don't know that busing is the perfect way to do it, but schools are so segregated. It's horrifying. Sorry, that's not anything about the presidential candidates. But no, that's... that's, But bus segregation is what we're talking about. (laughs) So... Yeah, Kamala Harris, you know, said, I was one of those black girls on the bus. And Joe Biden said, you shouldn't have been, the the federal people shouldn't have told people that they had to be bused. And then he he apologized for that, so. Oh, did he? That's what you just said. I said he apologized for something. I thought I, I didn't. Oh, no, he apologized for talking about segregation as Senators. The, the, the yeah. segregation of senators, yeah. 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 yeah but, no, but it doesn't it does not seem like white men in the South have reformed at all. Oh no. <laughs> they haven't. From what I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, it's still just exactly the same. Yeah, it's How like, did your grandparents react to the busing? How did your grandmother because your grandmother's like the one time I regretted ever not speaking <laughs> any Gail's grandmother was my introduction to oh my god southerners <laughs> because 
Um, uh, I, I don't even know if your family knew we were dating at that point. No, they didn't. So I was, uh, so I was sitting there, and her grandmother made some kind of a comment about how they took her family took good care of the slaves and they were better off and I I was absolutely floored I had absolutely never in my life ever suspected anyone could say things like that it was an old lady it was Gail's family my jaw like hit the ground Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean I just was I didn't have I mean now if somebody said that it's been oh. you would have a, something to say yeah, you would just, you're completely ago, insane no. but it just came out of nowhere and yeah. oh my it was just like i i still remember how it felt because oh my god yeah so how did they react i don't really remember okay. i mean they were when busing started they weren't living in louisville oh okay they were the, they were living in the, at the farm, farm. Um, by the time they came back, I mean, it was all, I, they moved in with us when I was in seventh grade and it, I mean, it was just how it was mm-hmm. and yeah, by then it was accepted that if you were, if you lived in Louisville, you were going to be lost mm-hmm. if you, unless you got out of it somehow. And with my mother teaching downtown, I wasn't going to be getting out of it. Oh. And I so, didn't want to. Did your mom ever say anything about it? Or No, well, she didn't. She just kept teaching down now? Yeah, she did. I mean, she, for a while there was talk about, like, the strange names that kids had. Like, she, I remember she had one student whose name was Sunday Evening, um, which now no one would blink at that. But, yeah, um, but, I mean, most, she would occasionally talk about, you know, she would have kids who didn't have any books at home, and their parents didn't read, their parents weren't, one of the parents wasn't around, um, that sort of thing. But that was it. Interesting. We should yeah. talk to your mom about this. You should talk to your mom about this I sometime. About them. Yeah, Get her perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ask her to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think. Um, hmm. um, but yeah, to talk about political stuff. Um, actually, we just read an article about Elizabeth Warren. Um, and the Millican right. decision. And the Millican decision in Detroit. And how... And she wrote as a... When she was in law school, she right. wrote... She a wrote student a, paper. A student paper on the Millican decision and how it was one of the worst decisions that the Supreme Court has ever made. And how it was just going to enforce economic disparity. Right. Ooh, that's good. That is. That's very good. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean... Growing up in Louisville and then moving to Pennsylvania, where we live in New York, it's gotten somewhat better since we got since we got here, but not that much. I mean, the city schools are still predominantly black and Hispanic. 
and yes, there are some black and Hispanic school uh, students in the suburban districts, but not at the levels that you see, nothing close to the levels in the population in general. Yeah, and plus they started magnet schools to pull some of the kids with more means out of the city schools, didn't they? And charter schools. The charter schools. Yeah. yeah not, not, not magnets, oh. charters. Yeah, a different animal. Um, so, yeah, I can't believe after going, after having gone through busing in Louisville that the schools here in 2019 are still so it seems to me they are very very segregated and it seems to me like everything would be better off if we had like one county-wide school district and kids could be yeah that would be cool i was always fascinated by um my our buddies from brooklyn who their grandmother lived across the street from us and so um, the DeFoscos, we were best friends with them all through our childhood. But I was always fascinated by the New York City school system where you took a test. Yeah. And then you figured out which high school matched your interest and you got to pick your high school. And I always thought that was so much cooler that than being so locked cool. geographically into just going to this one school where maybe there was nothing that interested you. Because, I mean, I would have really doubled down on someplace that had cool science or, you mm-hmm. know, or cool... I don't know what science or some some place if some place that had a science fiction or a D and D club I probably would have gone there. Yeah. But like uh, I remember Andrew he went to one of the um, more technical schools and hmm. you you got to you know you really got to pick and I always thought that that was so cool and it's kind of I mean being landlocked into one school and using property taxes to pay for schools. And, yeah, it's just, it's just it's just the wrong way to do things. Yeah, it's just a system designed for it's inequality. Design- yes, it is, definitely. It's and now that they've put te- you know, now it's I've no teachers who have stopped teaching because of the the testing requirements and mm-hmm. they're just teaching the test now and they're not allowed to you know, teach the way that <laughs> they have found effective over the years. Yeah. But that's something for another podcast, probably mm. where we talk to a teaching friend. Yes. That would be better. Alright. Well, um that was a white person's perspective <laughs> from <laughs> the South on yeah. busing. <laughs> and I'm posting. I, I wanna say when I was in fifth grade I was anti busing, mostly because of the environmental costs. Because, yeah, putting kids on buses and driving them 45 minutes to an hour every day to go to school is, it takes a lot of resources. And Yes, I suppose it does. Yeah, it really does. It costs so much. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I just, I mean, for us, the only high school was a half an hour away, so busing doesn't seem that big of a deal because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in a city yeah. or the with the school close so we just automatically got on yeah and so I guess probably that's part of my perspective in that well, I lived in the furthest flung school district from the high school so that much of a bus ride just seemed like a thing you did your homework <laughs> <laughs> yeah I had one friend in high school she would get on the bus at six o'clock in the morning 
and would be the last person to make it into homeroom at 745. Wow. Yeah. So. so anyway, you were saying you were against it when you were... I was against it when I was in fifth grade because it cost so much there was, and it burned so much fuel and... You actually cared about that in fifth grade? Oh, yeah. Okay. It, at fifth grade, I was I was very into the environment in fifth grade. Huh. Um, yeah, that was when I was, I would like go out at the farm and pick up the beer cans along the road and take them and recycle them. Cool, I didn't know that. Yeah, and all that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah. Tiny Gale Environmental Warrior. (laughs) Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, environmentally, busing is very inefficient, but... It is, it seems like it does a lot of good. I don't know. I'll take your word for it. It seems like anything would do good for... Anything would do good in that situation. I mean, yeah, and to, to, to increase the diversity of people's lives and who they see every day. And yeah. Their awareness of other people. I mean, this yes. is what we need is increased empathy, increased consciousness, that, and, and increased awareness, and especially... You know, as from the gay perspective, the more the more people know, the more likely they are to see the other person as. Unfortunately, in this day and age, we've come back to trying to brand minorities as not human, and yeah. they. Oh, <laughs> I no. mean, that's just so horrible. It's just sick. It is. It really is. <laughs> and so, yeah, things. Yes. Any kind of any anything where you can you can be with other people who don't look like you, and you, you just see them every day, and you get, yeah, like, you can get to the point where they are just people. Yeah, like the free city park programs in the summer, where they yeah. just bring kids together, and, you know, and, and programs like that that don't involve your parents having to pay a fee, or mm-hmm. having to drive you, or someplace you can go. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or theaters and stuff you can audition at and you don't have to pay a fee because that way you get to meet different people. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need to do as Americans. We need to meet more people, respect them, and yes. get vote Trump out of office. Mm. And to Impeachment to would be on. preferable, but yes. <laughs> we certainly need needs to register to vote and don't vote in any white supremacists and at this point yes. anyone who admits they're a republican and isn't screaming about racism i think falls under white supremacist the white supremacist label mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah don't believe them if they claim they're not because i think some days the republican party just expects to wake up when trump either gets out of office by being voted out or natural causes and claim that they had nothing to do with it and didn't know better and they do know better they're just trying to get away with as much scummery as they can and labeling races of people like they're different than other races of people and it's mm-hmm. not true it's so not. don't listen to them and don't let them get away with it so anyway thanks for listening um take care register to vote be kind to people unless they're nazis or republicans <laughs> well unless they're nazis or white supremacists yes yeah <laughs> Talk to people who don't look like you. Yeah, talk to people who don't look like you. I do that in my Twitter feed, actually, quite frequently. Yeah, me too. I go through and um, find people who don't look or think or whatever like me. Mm-hmm. 
people of different life experiences and I've learned a lot <laughs> and it's kind of cool because mm-hmm. what good is things if you're not curious about each other and you don't learn I mean no we not all of us can travel but you certainly with the internet can meet people from other countries and I'm so proud of that my my fan fiction stories get read by some people from all over the world that it's is really so, so wicked cool, cool. Yeah. and i read fan fiction from people all over the world and you know we can we can always find things we have in common mm-hmm. and busing was one of the things that was trying to do that and hopefully we can find more ways that we have in common with people that don't involve burning ecological resources that we want to keep yes so thank you for listening um this is michelle this is Gun. And we will see you next week for a five minute Save the Planet thing. And in two weeks for probably something a bit lighter than this. Take care. Bye.